Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what is up, you guys? Oh my goodness. Confession to make. Okay, well, truth be told, it's kind of more of a proud statement. Um, And that is that I have now watched Frozen 2 twice, uh, and I bought Pixar's Onward, which was also super cute, um, because really, right now, I am doing everything I can to feel good. So I hadn't planned on getting the podcast back on a regular schedule until I was settled in Idaho uh, in a couple of weeks. Like I said, I've been here about a week, and for those of you who weren't aware, um, I did move to Boise, Idaho on March 30th, and that is of today. It's my second recording. What is today? April 7th. Um, I'm still waiting on my furniture. But now more than ever, you guys, I feel a calling to just show up. But before we get into that, here's a quick backstory about this move and why I decided to do it now of all times. So it's probably about four or five years ago when I decided I wanted to move out of California. And it's crazy because it almost feels sacrilegious to me to be moving out of California. I'm a bit of a homebody, and I, mind you, I love traveling, but I'm pretty content. So like many of you guys who have worked from home for a long time, eh, this isn't like a huge change, the lockdown, right? Um, but I've always taken pride in being a native Californian, and I am a fifth generation San Franciscan. I was born there, but the Bay Area is simply not what it used to be. And obviously I've changed, you know, I've never really been a city person and I did not grow up in San Francisco. Uh, My parents were both born and raised there. um, And gosh, we moved out of the city when I was like two. So I certainly don't remember, but my grandparents lived there uh, the majority of my adult life. I mean, as a kid, I want to say they didn't move to the East Bay until like 2000, um, 2001. Anyways. Six one, you don't need the whole family history. Um, but the truth is, you know, traffic has gotten so much worse and the cost of living has skyrocketed. And with all of that, I just started reevaluating what I wanted. You know, my life, you guys know the story, was turned upside down when I lost my husband in 2003. And you hit a point, and there's something about getting older that is, I don't know, there, there's a calm. There's a calm that comes with things not being as you expected. There's just a wisdom that comes with right that, right? I mean, I fully thought I'd stay in suburbia with my the house that, that we purchased and raised my kids in. I sold that in 2016. Um, I thought I was going to have this corporate job, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Anyways, the fact is all I really need is a decent internet connection and my options are open, right? And, and so I had planned on moving last fall. But then after my mom passed away last summer, I had gone up to stay with my dad for a while. They had retired about two hours north of where I was living. And they're, it's in the mountains. It's a little town called Pioneer. And it is, I would say, like 45 minutes to an hour from Lake Tahoe. So that gives you an idea. Very beautiful. Um, 
while it was nice being up there, I'm so not a fan of noise. <laughs> it was so quiet there on an acre. Um, it's just a little too far out for me. I always loved going up to visit because it was so quiet, but the fact that it takes an hour to get to like Target or Costco or a few other stores got old kind of quick. And I, you guys, I'm not a huge shopper, but it's nice to be able to run out when you need things. Um, as much as I love ordering from Amazon, we all need to get out of the house once in a while as we are all realizing under these unprecedented times right now. So I had gone up to Nampa, actually, which is a couple cities before Boise. And it's so funny. I don't know how I ended up picking Nampa. I remember thinking I wanted an Airbnb that would take my dogs. They came with me. And for whatever reason, I I don't know, because I know there's plenty of Airbnbs that are great prices that take dogs in Boise. But I ended up in Nampa. And that trip, honestly, I really didn't do a lot of exploring. That was much more about me taking some time to myself. Um, It had only been a few months since my mom had passed. And that really turned my life upside down, guys. And so I just needed some space. So in February, my dad and I took a road trip to Idaho to check things out again. Uh, My family wasn't super keen on me moving. Like I remember telling my parents before my mom passed that I wanted that I thought Idaho would be where I was going to land. You guys, I looked everywhere. I started, like I said, this journey a few years ago and I started looking at Oregon and maybe Washington or Arizona. I wanted to stay on the West coast simply because my family's here. And while flights are cheap, sometimes I want to drive down with my dogs. So, um, but my mom was really cute. She's like, okay, well every six weeks you'll come down or we'll come up was, was kind of her thought process. And so, you know, like I said, they weren't like super excited, but but I think they really understand that it's something I need to do and that it's time for a new chapter in my life. So I kind of figured if I invited my dad with me, he'd be more on board with things. And he totally was. So I had a list of houses to look at and we drove around somewhat aimlessly one day. We were staying in McCall, which is a couple hours above Boise. My dad has a timeshare and had all these points, but it was totally fine because I just got to see more of the state. And McCall was freezing. I would love to see it during the summer. There's a big, beautiful lake, but it was like nine degrees. Um, but so we drove down to Boise and the, the list of houses, It I couldn't get a feel for anything, you know? And it's like, you're kind of driving around and it's, you don't know the neighborhoods. You don't know the parts of the city. I mean, you can tell what looks more established, but there is so much building going on up here. Um, it was kind of tricky to figure it out. So I reached out to my brother's uh, girlfriend has a friend who retired, a retired police officer in his mid fifties. I think he and his wife came up to Boise in the last year and they had built a house and he is now in real estate and he's focusing on police and fire who are retiring out of California up to Idaho, which is talk about a niche, right? Um, Because he's gone through the whole thing about, you know, moving your retirement and medical and all those things. Anyways, he was friggin' fantastic. Called him. He's like, yeah, I'll take you guys around. So we spent the next day, the entire day with him. He was so nice, um, so kind. And my dad <laughs> and him actually knew a bunch of fellow police officers, even though my dad was an officer uh, South San Francisco, South San Francisco. Easy for me to say. Anyways, so what was cool is that he was able to to show us areas, and he was comparing them to cities in the Bay Area or East Bay. And so he'd say, you know, like, this is like Walnut Creek, or this is like Tracy, and not that those cities mean anything to you guys if you're not from the Bay Area. But so it gave me a really good idea, having been born and raised there, what was comparable to where I wanted to be, right? So long story short, 
I found a house that is only a couple years old. It is so friggin' cute, you guys. And it had not even been listed. I went on that trip with the intention to stay open. If I found a place I liked, then I would proceed. If not, I was going to trust. And I figured, you know, no rush. I didn't have to be going anywhere. Although I will say, and I'll get into that later, but my son actually ended up coming with me. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a few years or a while, we had some challenges in high school and um, I think he's on the other side of it. And well, he seems to be, things are good. He was ready for a new start. So we have some guidelines about what's going to happen, but it actually has been really great. And so I'm super grateful for that. It's a new chapter for me. It's a new chapter for him. It's a new chapter for us. So fast forward to today, long rambling opening about my journey, but I've been here a little bit over a week. Truly during one of the most uncertain times in my lifetime and the world, which brings me to the point of this episode. You guys, now, big old capital now, N-O-W is the time to just show up. So we're a few weeks into this coronavirus madness now, and we're all doing the best we can. For those of us who have always worked at home, like I said, it's probably not that much different. Sales might be taking a dip, but that's okay. They will come back. And what if they could potentially be stronger than before? And you guys, I'm going to give you a little rule of thumb for what if, and this is something my therapist taught me, and it will shut it down faster than anything, is... If you're going to play the what if game, you play it on both sides. So what if I can't pay my bills? Well, what if you can pay everything off after this? You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden it, it pulls the um, charge out of the what if when you start freaking out and buying into fear. So do the what if on the opposite side, make a commitment to yourself that if you're going to play that game, you play it on both sides and it, it really loses <laughs> its steam. Um, But so what do you do in the meantime? Honestly, you do the best you can. The last thing I'm interested in doing is shaming anyone or berating people for not making the most of their time right now. It is such a huge injustice to people who don't have that internal drive that a lot of entrepreneurs do, or for those people that maybe they're struggling simply to keep the lights on and put food on the table. You know, all the entrepreneurs who are out there posting things about making the most of this time, you guys have at it, do you? But that doesn't give you the right to tell someone who finds solace in binge watching TV, you know, that there are better ways to spend their time. You know, this whole, you could be learning, you could, you could be writing a book. Yes, you could be doing all of those things. I don't know about you guys. I have to shift and shut my brain off. It is on all day long. My business never leaves like my mindset. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's always there. I'm always thinking about things. And especially with an online business, there is always, always, always more that you can do. There's never like a, all right, I'm done. You may complete tasks, but you just keep moving forward. You know, so instead of shaming people for how they're getting through this time, for which none of us have any experience, by the way, why not choose to inspire instead? I'm sure you've seen the quote from Fred Rogers' mother, Nancy, aka Mr. Rogers. And here's the quote. When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. You guys, there is so much good happening in the world right now. I'm in awe of the kindness of strangers and what people are doing for one another, reaching out to neighbors they've never known. 
you know, the support the healthcare workers are getting. And I'm just loving all of this good, loving energy. I, 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 I'm going to get a little bit esoteric here, but I truly think there is sort of an energetic course correction happening. And I'm not talking about people needing to die or population. I just think we lost sight of stuff that matters. And I think we're going to come out of this ahead of things. And that's how I choose to look at things. So I'm going to tell you that's probably what I will see. But at the end of the day, be the light. And excuse my language here, but just don't be a dick. I'm so tired of people. You should be doing... Anyway, okay. We're going we're gonna to leave it at don't be a dick. Okay? All right. So let's jump in. So here is how I am showing up right now. So first and probably most importantly for me, I stay as far away from the news as I possibly can. I probably stopped watching the news gosh, almost 10 years ago. Obviously, I still get updates here and there. Facebook, friends, family, but I simply can't go there. I do what I need to do to stay informed and responsible, but it literally does not make me feel good. Just the sound of it, you guys, God bless my dad. He's such a great guy. We have very different political beliefs and everything, and he'd have the news on and it. It just, <laughs> I, don't know, I, I felt like angst in my body sometimes. But it's similar to like how horror movies make me feel, which is icky, truth, truthfully. And you guys know judgment if you like horror movies. I'm, I'm just a wimp, right? They do. They make me feel ugh. not saying that, you know, entertain yourself however you want. No judgment. I'm also staying out of the minute by minute updates on COVID-19. I've even snoozed people close to me because that's all they seem to be posting on social, right? Um, if it makes them feel better for doing so, have at it. But to a certain extent, I get to control what shows up in my feed, which is positivity, marketing. I There's nothing in me. I don't even judge how people are marketing, which we'll get into that. Um, I just, I'm just observing, right? I'm paying attention. So it's, it's lots of positivity. It's pets. It's fun. It's humor. It's marketing. It's business. Um, so here's, here's the first thing that I am really working hard on doing, and that is to stay present. This is something that takes conscious effort daily, you guys. It is really easy to feed the noise in your head about what could happen. Sorry, finishing my tea here. Or even what isn't happening, right, with sales and income. All that does is rob you of the present moment. Moment? Bear with me. (laughs) I clearly can't talk very well this morning. Which is truly all that is real. A perfect example of this is that I've been here over a week. And I'm still waiting on my furniture to arrive. Does it suck? Yep. <laughs> it totally does. Good example yesterday is after sitting in this horrible chair. Um, I have a really good chair on the truck somewhere in California. Um, but uh, I was like, well, I guess I'll go take an Epsom salt. <laughs> Note to self, start doing some squats. Um, but so I can work, right? On the flip side, like I said, I absolutely love the house I'm running. I've got fast internet. You guys, I've got fiber optic internet. Woohoo! And my bathtub is heaven. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am a tub nut and it's just a happy place. So my dogs are with me. And like I said, so is my son. So, you know, worst case scenario, it takes the full 21 days to get here, which by the way, <laughs> this move has been such a cluster. Apparently I hired a broker instead of a moving company. And I wasted $1,200. So I'm trying to let that go. Clearly not very well. Um, but it's, it's just been whatever. So instead of, 
you know, stressing over that. It, it just is what it is. So I will give them a call maybe today. I think I called last Thursday. But again, they've got, she said technically they have up to 21 days. I'm just hoping I can get a better idea of when. But the truth is, I can do this. <laughs> you know, and I will say this though, I have had, and I continue to have, plenty of doubtful thoughts, wondering if I made the right decision. Should I have saved up more money? I mean, the move cost me a lot, right? But <laughs> all of that, it, it's just, we wouldn't it be great if we could be told if we hadn't, if we had a decision to make and it was, yep, this is going to be the right decision. <laughs> if only life worked that way. And I'll never forget my aunt saying to me, Kim, you know, for the most part, there aren't many decisions and let's not get like squirrely with murder or something. Right. But not that I would choose to be doing that, but there are not many decisions that you can't rectify or change your mind or, or take a different path afterwards. Right. You know, and the truth is I have been through worse. So I always come back to what can I do today at this moment to raise my energy level and to steal a line from Oprah. What I know for sure, that's her thing, is at this moment right now, all is well. So here's how I'm using my time. So now that I'm semi-settled and I feel like I can get back to a somewhat normal work schedule, how's that for non-committed? <laughs> semi-settled, somewhat. <laughs> I'm really trying to get myself back on a routine. The last couple of weeks just have been so crazy with the move. I have always done better, which my guess is a lot of people do better with the schedule. And I like to call it gentle structure because I don't know what it is with my brain, but as soon as I feel like I have to do something or I'm doing something for someone else, not by choice, but because I have to, I totally go into resistance. I've been working for myself for 12 years now, and I always come into my office. I work the majority of the day in here. Um, and then late afternoon, I can kind of get weary of being in the office or like I get tired. And I've got a, a Veridesk, you guys, so I can stand to work. Um, but even that, there will be a new desk in my future this year. Um, but for the most part, I, I get off kind of late afternoon and I just need to get my head cleared a little bit. I may nap. I may take the dogs for a walk. I may go do something else in the house. But I tend to then hop on my laptop later, uh, whether it's in bed or in the family room, <laughs> provided I have a couch to sit on. Um, <clears throat> but I truly feel like for the first time since my mom passed away, which was almost nine months ago, that I'm getting back into a groove. I feel inspired to create, to record, to show up and, and simply engage. I have really missed, well, I say that I miss it now. The last while I was allowing myself this space, I didn't miss it, if that if that makes sense. Um, but I do, I have missed writing and podcasting and live streaming. But here's the thing, you guys, I just didn't have it in me and, and that's okay. So there are three things that I'm doing in my business right now. I don't want to go over these with you guys and hopefully um, it, hopefully it helps. We're just going to go ahead and leave it at that. I have zero expectations of what this is supposed to do for you. If nothing else, you've been entertained, right? So the first thing is that I am consuming and finishing two courses that I paid for. <laughs> Novel idea, right? So there are two courses I bought knowing I didn't have the time really or the bandwidth to go through them, but I knew that I would. And I made a commitment to myself, <coughs> excuse me, I made a commitment to myself 
um, I don't know, in the last year or so, that I was only going to purchase things that were relevant to what I was doing. So I'm trying to, like, here's a great example. You know, obviously, we have an ad agency for the Content Creators Planner, and I'll give you guys a quick update on that in a bit. But, like, it wouldn't behoove me, <laughs> behoove me, um, to go take a, a class or a course on YouTube ads. I'm not doing that. We will run YouTube ads, but we have an agency. So there, there would be no point, right? So I'm sticking with things that are relevant to what I'm doing and can help me streamline the systems and processes in my business. So one of those is Mastering ConvertKit by Brennan Dunn. And I use ConvertKit for Kim Doyle. We use Active Campaign for the Content Creators Planner. And then the other course is Breakthrough Launch by Ramit Seti. And I'm going to explain both courses in a minute and why I bought them. So the first, that's the first thing again, consuming and finishing those two courses. Number two is creating. Man, this feels good again. And now that I have a decent place to work, it's kind of game on for more. I have planned a lot for my personal brand. And Jody and I have planned a lot for the Content Creators Planner. So my oh-so-fabulous friend, uh, Devinder, started a new site for me. And oh my God, I love it. I am really going to have to get pictures taken at some point this year. Um, my hair is dark, well, dark and gray, <laughs> dark brown right now, but all the pictures, most of the pictures I have, my hair is pretty blonde. Um, but so Devinder is working on a new site for me. And so I've got some copy to work on as well. Obviously the podcast is coming back. We have new products for the planner and I have a couple of courses that I'm redoing for this brand. Most importantly, I am just having a ton of fun. I am enjoying, enjoying the process. I, this post or this podcast episode is over 2,200 words. I think I just enjoyed writing. I, I, I tuned out. I put on my nose, my God, I wish I had one of those rewind my noise canceling headphones. And I just got to work. Number three. Uh, the third thing I'm doing is selling. And this is a tough one. I know a lot of people are struggling right now with finding the right way to sell or how to shift their messaging. Uh, there's a lot of advice on how to do this right now, but let's just keep it simple, guys. Just stay in integrity with who you are and what feels right to you. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean you do nothing. Quite the contrary. If you can solve a problem for someone right now with your product or service, I truly believe you have a responsibility to make your offers. Shift, reframe how you look at that, that you can help people during these times. The world cannot stop. We have to keep producing revenue. We have to keep what part of the economy is still alive and well. And I think, like I said, we're going to come out of this ahead of things on the other side. And it, online business is going to look very different because I think there are a lot of industries and traditional businesses that are realizing, oh my gosh, wow, the internet does matter. <laughs> you know, where a lot of a lot of businesses have been slow to adopt that. So, you know, I also think it is important to look at your messaging and copy. And you guys, during this time, this is a perfect example of why I don't believe you should be creating content months and months ahead of time, right? My guess is there is a lot of messages that would be off-putting right now had you created them a year ago, six, eight months ago. And that doesn't mean evergreen content, but I, I just see a lot of people selling products of content ideas for a year or create 50 videos and chop them up and da, 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 you know the whole nine yards. I'm all for repurposing and 
processes and efficiency, but a lot of that stuff would not be timely. So just keep that in the back of your, your back, back of your head. Um, and the other thing is when it comes to selling you guys, it is not a natural comfort zone for me. It's something I have really worked on reframing, shifting my thoughts about, about, I don't know, like Kim, you're in business. I spent probably the first five years of the WordPress chick just doing so much free stuff. And all I did was create a list of freebie seekers to the point where people would just email me asking for help with their sites and stuff. And it was without saying I'm happy to pay for your time or whatever. And it's because I taught them that. So also don't use this time as an excuse, like get, get really honest with yourself and say, okay, is this because I'm, I'm uncomfortable doing this? Is this because this is not a good time to be doing this? You're the only one that can answer that. Um, But I highly recommend you listen to an episode of marketing secrets with Russell Brunson. It's called the shift moving away from pain. He gives a great example of how you can shift your message. So it resonates with your audience because truly most people are doing whatever they can to avoid pain today as, as opposed to gaining pleasure. And he uses the term, be a life preserver for your audience. And he gives a great example of uh, Dean Graziosi, who is a big entrepreneur and was an infomercial guy. And during the, he was selling real estate stuff. And during the real estate crash of 2008, he pivoted his message. So it wasn't about getting rich in real estate. I don't remember the exact messaging, but he actually came out ahead on that. And you guys, it's not opportunistic. We have to keep going. We have to keep our businesses going. You know, I, I've got an example. Was it? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It was in another post. Um, I'm going to pull this up right now. This is a little off script, but I did a post on the content creators planner, very similar to uh, kind of this podcast episode. Um, specifically more to why you need to be creating content right now. And hold on, I'm just going pull up the blog on this. And there is a podcast I listened to called For the Love of Money. And it is Chris Harder and his wife, Lori Harder, I think joins him on there. Um, and for whatever, oh goodness, talk about pokey. Here I'm bragging about my fast internet. It's like slow. Okay, let's see. I want you to hear, okay. This is his introduction, and I think if you can reframe the value of money in your business, and and I'm not saying you have issues with that. (laughs) All right, let's just jump in. So his intro, he says, uh, for the love of money, and he does a little blurb, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I'll bring you incredible guests to prove that when good people make good money... They do great things. I mean, stop to think about people who are struggling right now. If you know you had that extra money to to send to give them money, to give them food, to give them supply, whatever it is, right? So, anyways, okay, let's circle back to the two courses that I'm going through. And I'm sorry if you heard that dog shaking the collar there. <laughs> All right, so mastering convert kit. As much as I love writing and sending emails, I know I'm missing massive opportunities by not utilizing this tool to the full extent. A little more tea. There's so much more I could be doing. Creating automations, using segments more appropriately, correctly, whatever. A new opt-in offer. Uh, Brennan Dunn is really great at what he does. And I knew I would purchase this course when it came out. I saw him 
Um, he had pivoted from drip to convert kit and he had already done a whole mastering drip course. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure <clears throat> that I was utilizing this. I have had probably for the last two to three years, including in, in updating more automations in my business. And so that being said, that that's part of this, right? And I don't know about you, but I'm taking a hard look at the tools and expenses I have right now, and I'm eliminating those. I don't use or need. And it's amazing how many things we can let go of when we look at what is essential in our own lives, right? We do that in our businesses too. So I'll be working, excuse me, on a new opt-in offer after I complete the course. And I'll probably redo the content traffic Kickstarter and make it a paid course, like point of, you know, low barrier of entry. Um, but it's probably going to coincide with the new site. So may as well do it all at once, right? Uh, breakthrough launch. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think I it's time to just go buy allergy medicine. I have some on a truck in California. Um, so Ramit Sethi, if you're not familiar with Ramit Sethi of I Will Teach You To Be Rich, I highly recommend you subscribe, you follow him, you purchase his book. The book has the same name, which um, he, he just updated and re-released the book this year. So there's more stuff in there. Um, but I admire and respect everything he's created and how he markets. First, the I Will Teach You To Be Rich is not some get-rich-quick, hypey internet marketing deal, right? It's solid financial principles and practical advice on fundamentals. You know, he does give some little tips about, as an example, this is in the United States, obviously, uh, you can set up a checking account with Charles Schwab as opposed to a lot of the other banks, because at the end of every month, they will reimburse you for any non-Charles Schwab ATM fees. Like you never will pay an ATM fee, which is three bucks, right? If it's not your bank. Um, so little things like that. But he talks about, you know, setting up an emergency fund. I mean, it's all fundamentals, but he gets into the psychology of it, which I really love. And so it's, it's not about cutting out lattes. It's about being smart with your money and living your rich life, whatever that looks like for you. He is unapologetic about his lifestyle and he's super transparent. I've been on his list for a long time and I, they had sent out an email about launches and <clears throat> they asked for feedback. And so I thought I'm going to give it. And I just said, I was tired of internet marketing launches. You know, the three video style product launch by Jeff Walker. Um, I just said that I felt it was also tired. I'm not saying it doesn't work and I have nothing against Jeff Walker or anybody that has purchased or gone through that stuff. It just, I don't know, it feels predictable. And a lot of times I just wonder if people are ignoring it, just waiting for all the videos. I don't know. It, just curious I don't know what you guys would think about that also. But so I just responded with that. So I emailed back and forth with someone on their team because I gave all this feedback and then they gave me access to the first module and it was sent like via Google Docs. And <clears throat> excuse me, I think I went through the majority of it and then my life went sideways. I don't remember what happened, but not only was I super impressed with what they'd created, but I was really impressed with their due diligence and, and how they were building out this course that it was, it was probably, I don't know, six to eight months at least before the course even launched when they were getting people to get in and give feedback and building it out. And um, I'd love the fact that, that Ramit has studied psychology behind all of this marketing and sales and product development. Um, I have never done a quote unquote proper launch. And this is the first time I've ever really had the desire to, because it looks different and it feels different to me. Of course, I believe in evergreen products and automated systems. Hear my heart on that. 
But I also think that until you have the kinks worked out, you've got some feedback, you've got some success stories. I think there's a ton of value in doing things live and engaging with people. You know, like I've said this, um, you know, Jody and I are talking about doing like a content marketing live stream once a week for the planner and under that brand, I mean, and I had said to her also, I said, well, let's do, let me do a webinar for, we've got another product coming out that I'm, I'm not going to get into, but, and I said, I'll run it live for a week. I mean, a year, (laughs) I'll run it live for one week um, for a year. And she's like, well, do you think you could do like a more on-demand training? And I said, absolutely. But I'm game to do it and connect with people, have those conversations, get the feedback, and then, you know, see how we can drive traffic to it, paid and organic for the registrations, and then see how we can raise conversions. That's it. And, and practice that and get really, really good at it. So anywho, those are the two courses. And obviously, at some point in the near future, I'm going to be launching a course. So winding down here, guys, <clears throat> and thanks. I know I've gotten sort of off script and wordy and, and coughing in your ear. <laughs> but my last bit of advice for everyone is simply be kind. And that starts with yourself. Judging yourself for what you are or are not doing right now is not going to help. I promise you. And self-responsibility works both ways. Holding yourself accountable for what you know you can do, as well as being gentle when you know you're doing the very best you can and you don't have anything else in you. Um, I I shared another uh, quote on my personal Facebook page and I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to make you wait while I go open that tab. (laughs) And it was something to the effect that, you know, sometimes courage is just saying, I'll try again tomorrow. And that's okay. So that's all I've got for you guys today. I'm excited to be back. And ideally, the next podcast episode, the audio will be dialed in with the good mic and all that good stuff. So take care. I love you guys tons. Hang in there, my friends. We've got this.